It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olivia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. And welcome into the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Happy Monday afternoon. 547 1610 509 547 1610 is our phone number if you'd like to get involved. You can also reach us via email, 610KONA.com, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say. On Twitter at Bottom Line 610, Facebook at the Bottom Line 610, Getter at Bottom Line 610 as well, and. The free mobile app is available for you through the Google Play and the Apple stores. I'm Rob Francis. He is Greg Neft. Greg, it has begun. The legislative session is officially underway. Kind of like opening day of baseball season. Uh, Except much more enjoyable, a little bit less enjoyable, a little more animosity maybe, and uh, slightly more unknown than where your favorite team may finish. (laughs) Uh Representative J.T. Wilcox, the House Republican leader, uh, led things off with his opening statement talking about the need for emergency powers reforms. Uh, the government or the governor made his uh, dear leader made his uh, plea for the session for all of the uh, socialist leaning things that he wants to get accomplished. And, of course, mentioned nothing about the fact that he has way too many uh, enjoys his emergency powers way too much and way too frequently and they should come to an end. Um, we will see how this session goes. We will see what gets done and, and we'll find out where the priorities are in the order of business and how it gets done. If the long-term cares fix is not passed by the end of this week, then we know they gave us a, a, a crummy bag there as well, yep. because this should be out of committee. This should be on the floor. This should be voted on and this should be halted before the first week of business is done. In the legislature. Agreed. It should be done before the state of the state is even given. There, he doesn't give a state of the state. Actually, I've got the uh, advisory from him. He's giving a state of the state uh, address tomorrow morning. Yeah, he doesn't do it in front of Congress, though, I don't, or in front of the House, I don't think. Um, I think he just does it. Okay. I think I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's a pomp and circumstance thing. It's held in the uh, state reception room, and I take that back at twelve noon tomorrow. Yeah, so. stay twelve. So he'll give a state of the state, and he'll pat himself on the back for however long he talks, and that'll be it. Yeah. And he'll say we got to spend money on this, and we got to throw more good money after bad, and we have to do this. And uh, by the way, we won't have any tax cuts coming your way because all the extra revenue we get, we have to find a way to spend, so we can't give you any kind of a tax break. But will cake be served? Well, we're paying for it, so of course. <laughs> All right. It will be. There you go. Oh, yes. Everything everything in Olympia is on our dime. Hmm. Remember that. Yeah. So if there is cake, it will be a huge cake. It will be a garishly over-the-top cake. Uh, there will be sparing no expense on the cake. <laughs> and I can tell you right now, three-quarters of it won't be eaten. Oh. Because somebody will find something wrong with it as to why they can't eat it. Ah. It might be made with meat something it may not be uh it may not be a vegan cake it may not be uh it might have uh soy in it it might have gluten in it uh vegan they'll, cake they'll find greg they'll find some reason to not eat most of it so it'll be more taxpayer dollars down the drain who eats a vegan cake in the first place vegans 
Well, I, 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 that's that's what that's what uh, fake ice cream is for. Well, they want fake cake too, I guess. It's it's but, disgusting. But anyway. what I'm saying yeah. is that is that is that is pretty much the direction of the majority, uh, and and that sums really it up for the last five years mm-hmm. in Olympia is they're going to spend a heck of a lot of money on what looks like a really nice cake, and then find all the excuses in the world not to eat it. Okay, and throw it out. So that they'll sucks. just waste more taxpayer dollars. But that's really it. That's what it comes down to. Finding ways to waste your money so they can continue to tell you not only do they have to keep taxing you at the same rate, but they have to tax you even more. Hmm. So we'll see how it rolls. Um, I am I am not holding out a whole ton of hope uh, regarding what may or may not get done. I'm hoping that some positive things um, come out of it, but usually the positive things tend to be more ceremonial. Hmm. So, Signifying nothing. Right. Like, for example, okay, here, here's what you got today. You've got the Speaker of the House, Lori Jenkins, saying that the flooding going on on the other side of the state is a a prime reason uh, of the effects of climate change. Quoting the House Speaker, if you wondered about the effects of climate change, uh, just look at the flooding north and south of here. Yes, Uh, because when temperatures increase and snow melts, it can create flooding when there is a lot of snow. That's not climate change. That's called science. Mm -hmm. That's not climate science. That's something we learn as eight-year-olds in science class, that when the temperature warms up, cold things melt. It's not climate change. It's called science. And it happens every year, every time the temperature gets to a point where it will melt snow. And if there's a lot of snow in areas that don't normally get a lot of snow, see the west side of the state, it could cause flooding. That's not climate change. That's science. But anything that we can use to push the agenda, we're going to use. It fits the narrative. Absolutely, it fits the narrative. It's unpleasant. It's just absolute 100% ridiculous. Maloney? Yeah. And it's beyond just. Everything is so agenda-oriented, people stop paying attention. It brings me back to my other point. Once upon a time, I made the point, I just wonder if they dread legislative session here like they do in other states. And the reason other states people dread, for example, Utah. In Utah, they always manage to pass some new rule or restriction on the liquor and booze industry and the bar industry. That's their MO there. So a lot of restaurant owners and bar owners always dread legislative session every 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 year. I just wonder what people here, you know, what are they going to come up with next? What are they going to do next? Do you start to dread it? There are people who definitely have stopped looking forward to it. In fact, I saw a, a fantastic um statement on social media earlier today the most dangerous time of the year is the beginning of the legislative session like i said people start to dread it no absolutely um it's it it's not uh 
because you don't know how much more damage is going to be done, and usually you've got to sift through it to figure it out if there aren't lawsuits filed to stop what they do. So, again, this is kind of where we get back to with the session, is just because they do it doesn't necessarily mean it, it's legal. Right. The legislature has passed laws that have been overturned by the Supreme Court before. Sure. And they've been told, this isn't legal, this doesn't work. So, just because they do it doesn't mean it takes. If it doesn't mess with the convention with the Constitution, it gets challenged and it gets thrown out. Same thing with the governor's veto powers. So, that's happened before as well. But the session, you know, today is, is some ceremonials. Um 59 more days after today to see what gets accomplished. Is that a hard limit, or can they extend that? They extend. They have done it before. It's been a few years since they've gone into an extended session, but they have gone in. In fact, there was one a couple years ago, I think, ran two months longer because they couldn't get couldn't get budget done and a couple other things. But uh, it, it's it, there, were a couple, there were a few years there, like, think four four in a row maybe that went long um so it does happen from time to time but it hasn't happened in some time okay so we will see how it happens and what they do in this session uh it's entirely possible that some of the most ambitious aspects of what the governor wants may not get done because elections, you know, laws have consequences. Um, and depending on how concerned some Democrats are for their reelection lives, some of the ambitious agenda may not get through because knowing that it will come could potentially come back to bite them. Um, but again, we will see. We will see exactly how it works out. Um, five four seven one six ten. If you would like to get involved, what are you hoping to see or not see uh, with this session? I, I mean, know some of the things. My biggest concern is Inslee's efforts to try and wean us off fossil fuels. What's he going to do now? I mean, I'm not talking about the electric car rebate. I'm not talking about that. But apparently, he's going to try to address what I heard was infrastructure changes to try to, I guess, lessen our dependence on fossil fuels. Well, naturally, they want to eliminate natural gas, which, quite honestly, natural gas is affordable. Clean. Clean, mm-hmm. absolutely. Provides they, a lot of good jobs for people. And But they want to get rid of it because they don't... Here's the thing about Washington State and energy that a lot of people don't realize, and a lot of other states don't have the benefit of. All of the options that we have for energy. What Inslee and company want to do is take those other options away. Take as many away as they possibly can. Because what happens when you remove options from the equation? then it's a monopoly, and you kind of sort of have to deal with uh, the few choices that are left. Exactly. And what does that do? Raises prices. You got it. Exactly. And then who controls it? 
uh, those that uh, are behind those said choices. Exactly. And so, gee, do you think maybe there's a potential retirement account out there that's got a few people's names on it? For the benefit of of steering things in a certain direction, we've got the cleanest and cheapest energy in the country, and we've got it in three places, hydro, nuclear, natural gas. All three are very sustainable. All three are incredibly sustainable, incredibly affordable. There's no need to move away from them. You can offer other options. You can offer solar. You can offer wind. You can offer all these other things that are there. But when you've got the top three that are affordable, sustainable, and in hydro and nuclear, you're talking about creating eclipse that can easily take care of communities. Hydro is using nature in and of itself. Yeah. The flow of water. Absolutely. Turns the generator. Why would you want to get rid of those options and jack prices up unless your goal is to control? And Jay Inslee is not a free market guy. I think no, we figured that no, out by now. No, no, of course not. When you appear on Bernie Sanders webinars, that tells me all I need to know about your lack of free market love and your lack of capitalist alignment. Yeah. And beyond that, we already have the infrastructure. We don't have to go ahead and build massive new power lines, which would be required, by the way, going to an all-electric society. We'd have to spend billions of dollars to upgrade the power lines, because if not, we'll start to see blackouts, and there, there will be a fuel shortage. Why? Because those those fancy you know electric car chargers, they won't work. That is correct. So that we'll have correct. lines just like we did in the 70s. Look, all you have to do is go back and look at what happened in California this summer. Well, we're getting ready to have some brownouts again, and uh, we're going to have to do rolling brownouts as we do almost every year in California. Well, hey, what what do I what do I have to get to work? What kind of vehicle do you have? Well, I have an electric vehicle. Don't plug it in. Well, how am I supposed to get to work? Well, I don't know. We're going to have rolling brownouts. You're not going to be able to charge. You're not going to be able to charge your car because you're not going to have any energy. Well, then how do I drive my car? Oh, it's not our problem. Maybe but I wait should a second. leave California. But wait a second. You gave me all these incentives to buy this car. Yeah. Well, you know, you didn't. We didn't talk about the energy part of it, but, you know, hey, just think about what you're doing for the environment. Well, what do they do with the battery when the car's all said and done? Uh, we won't talk about that right now. It goes right next to the fan blades from the wind farms that come off the, that come off the turbines, but we won't talk about that either. So how am I supposed to get to work again? Uh, we don't know. You're going to have to take transit, or you're going to have to turn around and thumb it. But, yeah, you can't charge your car. Sorry, can't plug it in. No power. How far are we away from California? What kind of drive are we talking about? Not Far enough. I'm going to guess about eight hours to the state line or so. But, but, but that's what was happening in California yeah. and this guess summer. What? They've already banned natural gas in Berkeley. They've already banned it. Other jurisdictions Berkeley. in California. You, you know what they've also banned in Berkeley? What? Logic. Well, there's that. I would. I mean, if I were to be a police officer in California, the last place I'd want to be a police officer is Berkeley, even above San Francisco. I mean, come on. I, I wouldn't... I don't know if there's an amount of money you can offer me to go to Berkeley. They have a they have a really good pizza place. That's all I'm saying. You couldn't offer me enough money to go to Berkeley. Oh, by the way, that's fired by a gas oven. Or San Francisco. Or L.A. You don't want to take the Anchor Steam Brewery tour? I don't want to. I don't. If I don't have to cross the California state line for any reason, I'm not. I prefer to keep the crazies in the crazy land.
That's California. They're moving up I-5. I know they are. They're all bailing out pretty soon. There's not going to be anybody left to tax. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, Perfection Tire, four locations here in the Tri Cities. Not as much snow on the ground as there was, but that doesn't mean that it will not come back. Of course, we have plenty of winter in front of us, and if you are not happy with the way your tires performed over the course of the last week or 10 days, stop by Perfection Tire, one of those four locations, or visit their website, perfectiontire.com. And take a look at the winter tires that they have on their website for all makes and models of vehicles here on the roads. And, of course, the number of other services they provide as well to make sure your car is running the way that it should. Perfection Tire and PerfectionTire.com. 509-547-1610 is the number if you would like to get involved. Um, we will see how things roll out. Senate-wise, we begin our conversation, or or legislative-wise, excuse me, we begin our conversations with legislators tomorrow. We will have uh, Representative Brad Clippert with us. Um, I believe 3.30 tomorrow, we will speak to the representative from the 8th Legislative District uh, regarding the opening of session and what, uh, what they're seeing thus far, as well as what they are hoping to Accomplished, and I believe we also have our first Senate conversation as well, and that will be on Thursday. <coughs> Excuse me, and I just want to take a look and let you know who we will have um, for Somebody our special. lineup. Uh, I believe we have Senator Shessler on Thursday. So okay. we will have Senator Mark Shessler from the 9th from Ritzville. Uh, he will join us on Thursday to discuss, and that will be at 3 p.m. on Thursday. So 3 p.m. Thursdays, okay. we will talk to senators. 3.30 p.m. on Tuesdays, we will talk to House members from the area. So, uh, And that includes the 8th, the 9th, the 16th, the 13th, uh, 14th, and I believe 15th as well. So we will have a, a good rundown for you um, of lawmakers. A couple of them we will have twice. Um, so looking forward to it. Absolutely 100%. It's going to be a heck of a ride. Yeah, oh, it is. It's going to be an interesting session, to say the least. Five four seven one six ten our number. Take a quick time out. Come back. Uh, it was an interesting weekend for the CDC. Very interesting weekend for the CDC. It's going to be an interesting week in the U.S. Senate because there are some gauntlets being thrown down regarding what they are going to do if they don't get what they want. Problem is, all the gauntlet throwing will be for naught because I don't think 
Chuck Schumer is going to get what he wants. More of the bottom line when we come back. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610kona. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610kona, 547-1610 is the number. If you want to get involved, Rob and Greg with you. So over the weekend, the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, uh, she, had a, she had a rough weekend with interviews. I think they need to change their name from CDC to CCC because what, they are, what, what we are getting is continual COVID confusion. C, so you could call it 4C or quad C. No, I'm just call them 3C, CCC. Continual, continual. Continuous COVID confusion is what Mm. we're getting from the CDC. Okay. So in one interview with Brett Baer, when she was asked about the, the, she was asked the million dollar question, or maybe I should say the slightly north of $850,000 question, or $850 million question. And that is, how many people? have died of COVID, and how many people have died with COVID? What are those numbers? How many people have actually truly died of COVID versus how many people have had comorbidities and other issues that COVID accentuated and they died with COVID? What was her answer? They're working on it. Oh. They're working on it. I see. Okay. They're working on that data. But then on ABC News... And and there was some there's some fault here on uh, that ABC deserves to shoulder um, because they edited for time her response to a question and it it drew some backlash. Mm-hmm. Her quote that was that was aired said the overwhelming number of deaths over seventy five percent occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really. These are people who are unwell to begin with. And yes, really encouraging news in the context of Omicron. It means not only just to get your primary series, but to get your booster series. And yes, we're encouraged by these results. Now, what was actually said was that the effectiveness of the vaccines against the variant was over 75%, but that didn't err. But the bigger issue is the admission that most people that have died have died with four comorbidities. That's a stark number. That's a stark number. Over 75% occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. That does open your eyes a little bit. Well, it opens your eyes a lot. It opens your eyes a lot. Now, look, when you don't know anything about a disease, you're going to do everything you can to try and protect as many people as possible. Get that. So the restrictions and everything that were put in place at the beginning of 2020 
most of them rolling out between March and April, that point in time, where it was uh, 14 days to bend the curve, straighten the curve, 14 days. You, you got it, because you didn't know what you were dealing with. Because China wasn't being forthcoming. Nobody knew what the extent of this was. Nobody knew where it came from, how it started, any of that. All this time later, we have a wealth of knowledge, a number of variants. And now we're finding out, the CDC, whether or not Rochelle Walensky meant to release this or not. Over 75% of the people who have died of COVID have had four comorbidities. Four comorbidities. Now, when you look at all of the factors that they say create those comorbidities, you're talking over the age of 65. You're talking immunosuppression. Diabetes. High blood pressure. Things that'll kill you anyway. Things things that potentially can do that. But actually it's 78%. 78% is the number of people that have died with slash of COVID had four, at least four comorbidities. Now, we're closing in on... 850,000 in the U.S.? Something like that. 850,000. How many? Uh, no, we're closing in on more than that. How many people have died or what? Yeah. We can look that up. It's not, it's not that. I think we're closing in on, for the U.S., it's a lot of total deaths. Worldwide are 5.5 million. Actually, according to uh, the New York Times, 836,000 roughly 836, have, died, have died in the U.S. Yeah. Have died in the U.S. 836,000 have died in the U.S. with slash of COVID. 78% of those 836,000 had at least four comorbidities, according to the CDC. That raises a lot of questions. Okay. All right. So how many people in the U.S. have gotten the shot? Roughly. Uh, Let's find out. (laughs) As we Google it. Well, no, but seriously. I mean, total doses given in the United States, 519 million. People fully vaccinated, 206 million. Percentage of the United States fully vaccinated, 62.5%. Does that include boosters? I don't know if it includes boosters. And, and I don't know if Fauci has successfully changed the definition of fully vaccinated yet or not. Okay. Uh, but total doses given, 519 million. People fully vaccinated, 206 million. So fully vaxxed is probably the you know, one or two doses of the original COVID vaccine, not a booster. Because the amount of people that have gotten the boosters is significantly less of the people who have gotten the shot. So there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. That there is a percentage that exists in there of people who have gotten the shot with four comorbidities and died. So what's that number? It's a good question. What's that number? Because it's not just what Biden and some others have tried to do. 
and that has put people who have chosen not to got the shot is make them the scourge of the planet. 62.5% of the country has gotten it. There are people who have gotten it that have died. What's the percentage? Will they tell us? Probably not. No, I don't think so. They won't. No. No, because that hurts the agenda. Now, I will tell you that I do believe the percentage of people who did not get it that died is greater than the percentage that did for a number of reasons. One, there was no shot for almost a year. Right. So anybody that died of COVID... Everybody who was dying up until January of 2021 didn't have the shot. So those numbers, guaranteed, the percentage of people who have not gotten the shot that have died is larger than the percentage of the people who have gotten the shot and died. At the same time, The shot does offer the ability for people, and I can attest to this myself because I got it, and then I got COVID, and my symptoms were minimal. So it does help in reducing the impact that it has on you. But it, it doesn't guarantee you won't get it, and it doesn't guarantee that you will not die. What it does do is it makes it less likely that the impact will get to that stage with you. So I'm I'm going to guess that the percentage of people without four comorbidities that have died after getting the shot is significantly less than the percentage of people who died that had less than four comorbidities that didn't get it. It's the four comorbidities that raises the real question, Greg. Do you follow me? I'm I'm, I'm keeping up. Does it matter? If you get it or not, if you have all of those comorbidities, that is the question. question. That is the question this is raising. I'm not raising the question. This is raising that question. That statement from the CDC saying 78% of people that have died of with COVID have had four or more comorbidities. Does that take the shot into consideration? I don't know. I don't either. Again, you notice the issues that are being raised from Rochelle Walensky's interviews, the head of the CDC, over the weekend. That's why they brought in a communications firm, because she's, let's face it, not a great communicator. You don't have to be a great communicator to be in that position. You know what you have to be, Greg? What's that? Honest. Because honesty communicates more than anything else. If you're being truthful... That says more than trying to abide by the company line, trying to speak agenda talk, and people being able to see through it and read through it. Honesty says a lot more than anything else does. She doesn't need a firm. She just needs to be honest. Well, you're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Shane calling from Prosser. What's up? Uh, so I just wanted to touch on what you were talking about, the Biden administration trying to make the non-vaccinated kind of the scourge of the planet. Because I, I see it a lot that way, too, and it affects people pretty negatively. My wife and I, we didn't get vaccinated, so we're not going to get boosters because it was the whole point. 
go back to normal, and that didn't happen at all. And now they want more and more. And it's funny because a lot of people I work with, they talk about, like, not wanting to be in a room full of people that are, that are unvaccinated or near them. And I'm like, look, you're, you're completely vaccinated, boosted. Like, it's, you're protected. Why would that matter? And they talk about them being spreaders. And I'm like, you can spread it the exact same amount that they can spread it. It's just you are protected. Them being unvaccinated does not affect you at all. It affects them. And it's this narrative that, like, if you're not vaccinated, you're, you're, you're killing people. And, and it's not the way it works at all. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. 547-1610. If you would like to get involved. You know, we have seen different things over the course of our history where we have split our residents, our citizenship, the people of this country. We have done it in a lot of different ways. It's not just civil war. It's not just civil rights. It's not just over those things. What, whatever society deems, whatever the, over, whatever the controlling and dominant narrative is, Society will find a way to separate those that buy in from those who do not. Even if you buy in begrudgingly, they will find a place at the table for you. If you don't buy in at all, they will find a way to cast aspersions in your direction. So my question to you is, Rob, what are you talking about by buying in? Buying in in means you 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 are taking the narrative. Okay. okay. Now, everybody has a different reason for doing it, and I'm one of those people that does it begrudgingly. I had my reasons for getting the shot. I waited quite some time to get it because I wanted to do my research. I wanted to find the one that was going to be best for me. I didn't just run right out and get in a line and say, got to get it, got to get it, got to get it. I wanted to because I've got elderly parents. And I wanted to see them. That's pretty much the same reason I got it. Exactly. Everybody does it for a reason. I didn't do it because I was doing backflips and say this is the great hope for all of humanity. I did it because I knew I was going to need to because the last thing in the world I wanted to do was get my parents sick. So that's why I got it. Didn't have any issues from it. Didn't really have any side effects from it. When I got COVID in October, I was glad I got it because I'm one of those people that I don't have four comorbidities, but I got a couple. So for me to have had it was a good reason for me to for me to have gotten it was a good reason for me on multiple fronts. Good reason for me to get it on multiple fronts. That's my buy-in. I understand why there are people that don't. I'm not casting aspersions in their direction. I am a firm believer that we as human beings, especially those that qualify as adults, should be able to take adult actions to be responsible and live your life. So in other words, most Americans, overwhelming amount, are law-abiding citizens. Sure. They don't go knock over the, st- the, uh, the the liquor store on a Saturday night. It's not a common practice for most people. 
They make adult decisions. They make decisions that are accountable and responsible. There's no reason that people can't do that for everything. Now, not everybody does. And particularly when you don't believe in something or you don't believe that something is more of a threat than it actually is, sometimes you don't make the decisions that are in the best interest of you and other people. I mean, I think it's a matter of the the, the case of individual choice. In America, we believe very strongly in the case of individual choice. We have a country of nearly 350 million people. Yes. And most are free to be who they are. Of those 350 million people, 836,000 have tragically and unfortunately passed from COVID-19 in some way, shape, or form. Right. That means the overwhelming amount of Americans have made accurate, adult, responsible decisions for themselves and their family. It doesn't mean that the 836,000 people that died did not. 78% of them had four or more comorbidities that getting COVID just exacerbated those comorbidities. Right. Created the problem. Exacerbated a problem. See Colin Powell. Hmm. So again, it is a dangerous disease. It's not one to take lightly, but a lot of people have made the responsible decision for them and their loved ones. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610, KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA, final few moments, hour number one on your Monday afternoon. Do hope that you are having a great start to your work week as things continue to melt uh the passes are open going both ways uh hopefully uh that will help alleviate any supply chain issues though if you look at photos from around the country and you wonder why the hashtag bear shelves biden is trending on twitter that's because places like philadelphia oakton virginia southwest atlanta um along with a number of other places, Simi Valley, California, uh, you are seeing numbers and numbers of photos of bare store shelves due to a number of things that have resulted as a result of the shipping terminals, the cargo ships that are sitting in bays, uh, the, the sleight of hand that is occurring with those, that are being sent back empty. The labor shortages in the supply chain, people that don't want to work for whatever reason anymore, now that the extra cash has been gone for a few months now from unemployment benefits. Pay very close attention to all this, because as we've said a number of times, The way you break down a society is by leveraging necessities. You don't hear the left screaming about the supply chain crisis. Why is that? Why is that? Doesn't fit their narrative? It's because they don't mind it too much. Again, the results are what they're looking for. 